Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. God with the people of God. And so uh, I, I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read uh, two verses, verse 46 and 47. Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. Someone say house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'm excited about this this uh, word today because this word is not necessarily meant to be a message where I'm trying to draw you into altars today, but I am trying to draw you into burden. And I'm going to ask God to help us today. I'm going to ask God to open up our hearts today and uh, to challenge each and every single one of us, even myself. I need challenge because I want to talk to you about the harvest in the house, the harvest in the house. Would you just go ahead and bow your head with me right now. Thank you, Lord. Man, thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Your grace is so good to me, God. You've Lord, you brought me a long way. Lord, you have, I'm so grateful, Lord, for the power and the presence that I feel in this place, Lord. I pray right now that you help me, God. Help me, oh Lord, persuade as your, as your word tells us to. Help me, oh God, to share, my God, to, to, to share the burden you've given me with this people. I, I pray, Lord, help me. We thank you right now. We give you praise, God. We give you honor right now. We give you our thanksgiving right now, God. You're worthy to be praised. Would you begin to clap your hands right now to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. Praise God. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. High five somebody before you're seated. Can I tell you that there is power in your house. I'm not talking about the electric either. I'm not talking about the skyrocketing electric bills that you're paying for, but I'm talking about every homeowner has power in their house. Each and everyone's home is guarded. It's protected. It is a place where you rest. It is the place where you recover. It's it's your home. There's in your home. There's laughter. There's love. There's also times of weeping and sorrow. There's things there in your home that only you run to and there's there's people in your home that only you care about there's things that you have to understand that you guard like a vault and they dwell inside of your home 
Home is the thing that you probably care about the most. It's the place where you will always, y'all will dismiss you. Maybe you'll go get something to eat, but where will you go? You're going to go home. Every single day, you're, you're, you're eager to go home. And there's a power locked into that. There is a, there's a strength locked into that because of the effort I've put in. I want you to know that you have been doing a great job, and I appreciate that I get to pastor some incredible families that have good homes, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And not every home is equal, and I, I can attest to that. I, my home is crazy. My, ha- my home is, is, is dirty. I'm just like anybody else. We have, uh, I don't know what it is, but m- we have two bathrooms. Praise God for that. I grew up in a time where we only had one bathroom and no air conditioner. And uh, it was it was a different time and a different life. And and, and I, I just remember walking to my girl's bathroom uh, not long ago. And I thought to myself, uh, man, look how lucky they are. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, what a what an advantage that they have. And I walk in there, but then I'm immediately grossed out by my girls. I mean, immediately immediately realized that maybe I should shut this thing down. Maybe I should lock this room and only open it for when guests come over because my daughters obviously don't know how to take care of a bathroom. So I want us to understand we all have we all have certain rooms in our life and in certain rooms in our homes that we run to. How many of you have a comfy chair? Come on now. I, I recently just invested in a really nice new comfy chair. So I grew up, I grew up in a home where uh, I heard my dad's, I, I wish I recorded that noise, but there's a particular noise that a lazy boy makes. <laughs> that that's what, that's, I heard that growing up. And I remember for, <laughs> I remember myself, man, that's annoying. And I remember saying to myself, nope, I don't want that chair. I don't want, I'm fine. I've, I've lived on the other couch the entire time. I was comfort there. And I'd look over there and there's my dad's feet propped up. You know, he's comfortable and I'm happy for my dad. He deserves the comforts in life. I'm grateful for that. But I thought that that, that chair, I saw that doesn't, doesn't match anything. And so, uh, you know, I, I moved on with life saying, I'm not going to get one of those. And then I moved here, and then my, my, uh, my parents were still in Ohio, and at the time, they were making uh, long visits, and they, they decided to make like three-month visits at a time, and so I wanted to uh, help my dad out, make his stay more comfortable, so I went to good old Marketplace, and I found a $50, you heard me, a $50 Lazy Boy chair, Okay. And you can imagine what that thing looked like. Some of you have been in my home. You've seen that atrocity. And I set that thing up because I wanted him to be comfortable. That's his chair when he comes home. But you know what? I, I, for some reason, I decided to try it out when he was gone. I, I thought, well, let me see how this thing works. And I began to kind of go to it a little bit more and a little bit more. And my kids will tell you, they probably hear that cooking chicken noise a little bit more and a little bit more but now uh, my wife wanted some new couches we bought new ca- a new set of couches and that thing that's sitting next to the new set of couches is uh, just atrocious and ugly and so I told my wife I said listen well, I, I have no problem getting rid of that not a problem at all but we're getting a new one <laughs> we're getting a new lazy boy and so I we all have that room 
right? We all have that. We all have plans. I've got plans that after a great service and a good meal, man, I'm going to take me a blessed nap. I want to get my rest and my recovery. My, my house has the ability to do that. The house has the ability to bring some rest and some strength and some help. I've sat at my table and laughed with family members. I've sat at my table and laughed with some of you all. That's what the house is about. That's, it's a place that's welcoming and greeting. And this place we call home. I want us to understand there really is power in there, but it is the supernatural threshing floor of, of our house that I really want to talk about today. Because believe it or not, there is a threshing floor in your home. There is a place of separation. There's a place where things have the ability to be separated or not. A threshing floor can be somewhere where it does happen spiritually, where things can happen, where God can move, where God can uh, change lives, or some of us will choose our threshing floor as a warehouse where all we do is store grain, all we do is store goodness, and all we do is get a message from the Lord on a Sunday. We bring that storage right back, but we don't thresh it out in our lives. But I want to talk to you about how important a threshing floor is for a second. The power that we see in a threshing floor. Joseph, think about this, and his brothers, they bury their father Israel when they get to a certain threshing floor in Genesis 50 and 10. It says, and they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned with a great and very sorrow lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days and I want us to get this that there is there is godly weeping and mourning at a threshing floor I want us to understand that there's godly weeping and mourning at your home there are people in our church and people in our families who lost some people and lost some dear loved ones and lost some spouses that when they go back home they're in a threshing floor of weeping and mourning and I want you to know you're in good company it's okay to mourn in your home. It's okay to weep in your home. That's appropriate. That's the threshing floor doing its work. Ruth was redeemed by Boaz in the place of a threshing floor. Ruth chapter 3 verse 2 and now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou wast. Behold he winnoweth or that means to spread barley uh, tonight in the threshing floor. He was there all night spreading the barley getting it ready for the threshing he was in the threshing floor the entire night. He worked himself so tired, he fell asleep inside that threshing floor. He went over to the grain, and he laid his back against it. He had some rest there, and there comes Ruth in the middle of the night, and she lays right down by his feet, and she just is ready there to do whatever she could to bless Boaz. And when Boaz wakes up in the middle of the night, and how many of you have done that before and got scared? Like, ugh. Boaz says, oh my God, who's that? He doesn't really understand who this person is, but Ruth's like, it's me. What can I do? And he com she comforts him in that nighttime. And he, he realizes, there's, there's re I am going to be a kinsman redeemer to you right. here in the threshing floor. Yeah. I love what the threshing floor brings. It brings comfort. A threshing floor isn't all about just tearing and, and ripping apart. It's a place where comfort is, 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 is present. 
We know another threshing floor in 2 Samuel 6 and 6. And when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. I want us to know that there's correction at a threshing floor. Man, I'll tell you, there was correction in my home when I was growing up. My Lord, I, I was, the, I was the, the grain and the wheat. Well, not this part, but the back part was. My, my dad had no problem using a threshing floor technique. I want us to understand there's some correction that happens in a threshing floor. Yeah. Not just in the house of... I, I hope you're getting this with me today. I'm not just talking about you coming here every Sunday just in and out saying this is it. This is all the only place where God works in me. This is the only place where I receive His power. This is the only place where I feel the presence of God. Let me just tell you this. this I, I want us to change our paradigm here. I want us to truly understand that we're doing church wrong if you think this is church. David, he writes a wrong at a threshing floor. 2 Samuel 24, 24. And the king said unto Arona, Nay, this is David, he says, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. He makes a sacrifice. He writes a wrong. He repents there. I want us to understand restoration happens at a threshing floor. The threshing floor is a spiritual place in our homes. We find mourning. We find comfort. We find correction and restoration. And I can go on. I could keep pulling up other texts and, uh, and scriptures that show us what happens at the threshing floor. But I want us to understand that God chose to use the house as a threshing floor for the New Testament church. Yes. I return to my opening text. Powerful chapter. Pentecostal's favorite chapter. Acts chapter 246. And when they continued daily with one accord in the temple. I want us to get a distinction here. They were in the temple together. And breaking in bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They, they, they were obedient to church. They were obedient to going to the temple. They were obedient to coming on Sundays. But they didn't stop there. They continued on and they went from house to house. Look at Acts chapter 5 verse 42. And daily in the temple and in everywhere house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. What? So I'm preaching it here on a Sunday but do we preach it on a Monday in our homes? Do we preach it on that Tuesday or that Thursday or that Friday? Do I speak about His goodness? Do I talk about His glory? Do I do I do I do I mention His healing when I migraine? Yeah. Acts 20, 20. Look what it says here. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. I don't know if you see the pattern here, but it was evident that God chose to use our homes as a place to thresh out 
old life and separate the wheat from the chaff and, and to bring real power into our homes. And when the church was being attacked, I, I want us to get this. When the church was really, when, when you read about Saul before he becomes Paul, look where he attacks him the most in 8 and 3. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. How? Did he come in on a Sunday? Did he flip chairs and pews and, and whip people? Did he gather up people in the temple? No. Where? He entering to every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to get to today, but I really am trying to change what we look like as a church. The ark, think about it this way, the ark that saved every creature and embodied that 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 salvation was 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 all for a house look at Hebrews 11 and 7 by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark for why for the saving of his house the ark was not just about making sure you have a giraffe to feed peanuts to the ark wasn't about, okay, great, now we got a Columbia Zoo to go visit. No, the ark was about saving your home, saving your house, saving those in your family. That's what this church is about. It's about being, being more than just this building here. God gave each of us a house for more than what we use it for. I want to present to you uh, uh, just a really a, a vision that God gave me for uh, this year. And I started off, I, I am not a fan. This is just me. Everyone's different, but this is just me. I, I used to be on that bandwagon that you come up with a theme for a year. And uh, I did that for a little bit, and I just realized, like, we, we did good for maybe two or three months, and it kind of phased out a little bit, just didn't, that, that's leadership's fault, not mine, I'll, 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 I'll take all that, and I just realized, like, man, I'm not sure if I just want to keep preaching that same, that same word every single month and, and connecting, that's, I just felt locked into it, I just didn't feel like the Lord was leading that way, I, I do feel like God gives us a word for those moments, I definitely feel that for sure, and uh, n nothing really uh, taught us a lesson like 2020 when all the pastors gave that, um, that theme, perfect vision for 2020, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, big oops. <laughs> There again, that would have worked for three months because that's all we had in 2020. <laughs> the three-month church shut down for the rest of the year. They did. They did. <laughs> but I, 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 want, I want you to know what God has impressed upon me this year and reverberating. And I've, I went to conferences and heard this reverberating word and, and, and felt something that God had kept pricking at my heart. And then I, then I got a chance to get away with the ministers, just my ministers, and take them to another special conference out of town. And man, did he yell in my ear big time and tell me uh, some things we need to do differently and some things we need to emphasize on. And so I, I've just been re 
really in prayer and focus. And, and this is my vision as a pastor. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to sit down with an uh, incredible man of God lately. And he asked me, what, what do I foresee the future? What's the desire for the church? And I, I told him, honestly, my, my desire is not to be a mega church. It really isn't. That's not my desire at all. When I think mega church, I'm thinking for me, my definition of mega church that I'm excited about is about 300 people. And I'm not going to, to stop God. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be like having someone with a counter and say, nope, 299, 300, get out. I'm not going to do that. But to me, I want to use the strength of a church to spread out instead of spread up. And so for me, my, I've always had that, that desire and vision to start other works. And uh, our, our, our community that we live in is so vast and so spread out. And I want us to understand moving forward, uh, I had a timeline in my head. I, I made it up excuses that, you know, we have to be at a certain level. I, I thought we had to have our own our church and, and have a certain thing going on. And this has to be checked off. But God began to... Uh, express like no 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 you're looking at it wrong just be obedient to my voice and and trust me and and don't worry about you know those things he, he told he told me this in the word of God that he owns all the silver and he owns all the gold and I I say okay Lord all right resources is your thing okay uh, all right and so I, I I just felt compelled to move forward a little quicker with what this this desire is I want us as a church to not be just one Ephesus church I want us to have Ephesus campuses and so there is there is a way that we have to do it and it's only by God's doing and by God's hand and I'm talking about what we need to do and how we need to believe and how we need to think as a church moving forward this isn't just a place to come on Sunday all right we, we're going to do that we're going to be just like the early church they went to the temple daily they did that they're faithful they had to be faithful but they went to house to house. And I want to move forward with this this to show you kind of what my my desire is and the vision is moving forward. I want us to understand I've been working really diligently with uh, our ministers and also trying to breathe some burden in them and they're catching that burden because I want to talk to you about the goal. And if you can put up brother Stephen that that one picture house to house. This is a new uh, ministry initiative that we are beginning starting this summer. And our goal is to meet house the house and it's we're going to do exactly what the early church did all right now we're going to do exactly what the early church did what did what did they do well they they made themselves available number one they made their homes open they said whatever needs to happen let it happen and they opened their homes and they didn't dictate the presence of God and they didn't dictate the Spirit of God. And some of us are looking at this and thinking, well, what's the difference between this and a small group? And it is. It's, there's not too much of a difference but motive and the point of view. I want us to understand the goal is to dedicate our home to become a harvest. To turn our homes into the field for that harvest. A couch transforms into flower beds. A coffee cup turns into vessels of honor. 
The atmosphere of a humble home transforms into the kingdom of heaven. We invite people to our house to be part of what God can do for them. We encourage new house-to-house members to be a part of Ephesus Church during a Sunday service. But the goal, the end goal, organically and spiritually and not pressing it and not forcing it and allowing God to build it, allow God to add to the church. Yes is that these places, these homes that become hosts to these house-to-house meetings will gradually become new campuses for Ephesus Church. Our goal is not just to be winning Columbia, but to win Columbia area. We have such a spread in our membership. We have people who live in Camden, and we have people all the way to Chapin. We have people out in Batesburg, Leesville. That's how you still say it. Uh, you have people in uh, so far, such a distance and a, and a vastness. We have people in Blythewood, Northeast. We have people in South Columbia. But I want us to capture this, that it is great that we meet, you know, weekly. And I appreciate that. And we're still going to be faithful to that. But right now, we need to understand that God didn't give me a nice house for me to just sleep in it. God didn't give me a home where I just get to, where I get to just rest and recover my own bones only, where I just get to mourn for myself and get to rejoice for myself only. No, I, I, I want, we need right now, right now, currently, just to let you know, we have, uh, uh, at least I know that our ministers have signed up. Uh, we have four probably house uh, hosts right now that are going to be scheduled and, and, uh, being opening their homes and the way we want it to work perfectly, if I could use that word perfectly, uh, is those individuals, those houses in those areas, if you live in that radius area, attend it. And attend it with a friend. Attend it with a coworker. Say, hey, we're having a meeting. And this is going to be something we try to do once to twice a month. It's not something that it's going to completely overshadow your life. God forbid if God overshadows my life. But I want us to understand what is a host's responsibilities. First, a person must be burdened to be a host. I don't want anyone to just be emotional about today and say, oh, just sign me up. No, I want you to have a burden. I want you to leave this service and be prayerful about it. I want you to walk away and say, God, is my home a place where there's a harvest? God, is that place there where you can do the miraculous? House-to-house hosts must simply open their homes for an encounter with God. There is no cost to host. Okay, I don't want any cost incurred to you. Any, I don't want any you to take on something. Uh, I, I would like the church to reimburse any refreshments. I'd hope that you'd have some, some, you know, water and maybe some coffee and maybe a couple chocolate chip cookies. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But I want, I want to, I just want to, if you're wondering, you, you've got a desire to open your home, but you don't have a financial ability, I'm here to tell you, we will, we will help you out. This is, not, this is not putting the burden on the host. And I want you to hear me here. A host doesn't have to be a minister. Okay? A host is just someone in the church who wants to open their home to say, God, I, whatever you want to do, you've blessed me with a great space. And I want to share this with you, Lord, and what you can do in it. I want us to understand that the house to, ho- uh, house to home, or house to house, sorry, member, 
can feel free to bring, you know, a snack or whatever, but I want them to really capture the idea that I'm, I'm going to have that same altar experience that I had on Sunday in my living room. What does the gathering format look like? It looks like, it looks like fellowship. <laughs> it looks like meeting together and high-fiving each other and welcoming each other. It looks like praying for each other. It looks like weeping for each other. Galatians 6 and 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Romans twelve fifteen tells us, Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. That's what's going to happen in these meetings, that you come into a place and you say, Welcome, I'm excited to be together but really the goal is to love each other in a different way. The goal is not to just, you know, throw on the Super Bowl and have a party and have wings, which we will have those moments. Okay, I, I, I want us to get to a, the difference here, that this is not about, this is not about small groups that meet together to do bowling or to, or to uh, do some knitting together groups, interest groups is what we like to call them. I love those groups, by the way, and we'll incorporate those in the future. But this is about becoming effectual, and this is becoming kingdom-minded, and this is about saying, you know what? This small church at 6911 North Treadham Road is going to be bigger than just this room. That's right. Amen. That the burden that God gives us today will change us. I, I've, I've have a few little things I want to show you just just some products that if you become a house to house host that you are welcome to to use one of these but I ordered some of these signs that the goal is to simply set these up outside your yard somewhere whenever you're hosting that that, that day the goal is and me and my wife have some great with this. We started a, a, one of these types of groups back in Orlando and we, we made a little sign saying meeting here and what we did, we chose one day to just kind of go door to door and we knocked on our neighbors. We met our neighbors and, and said, hi, this is who we are. We're not weirdos. Uh, we're uh, Well, kind of. But <laughs> But we wanted to say, hey, we, this is where we live. If you needed anything, we're right down the road. And hey, listen, just to let you know, we're, we do a house to, a house meeting on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. We'd love for you to come. And, and we just put a sign out there. And we had like 10 people from our neighborhood kind of show up. And kind of, we'd always had some cookies that we baked fresh that day. And we would do our best to have an encounter with God. It doesn't have to be hard. I want you to know that. And it doesn't have to feel like you are by yourself. What is, what is the main thing that I, I'm going to just ask you to maybe start talking about? I want us to have echo conversations. What are echo conversations or echo discussions? Echo discussions is what you received here on Sunday. And I want you to echo what, what, you, what you went through, how God moved in your life. I want you to talk about it. Oh, I, I don't know if this means you have to take notes on Sunday. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> but have, have a conversation with those in the group. That I am, I'm wanting to talk about what God did for me this past Sunday. 
Start, start echoing how God spoke directly into your life. Start echoing the presence that you felt. That what he did, the freedom, the healing that you, that you received in your life. I know this is not the type of message where people are just, oh man, are shaken to their core. This is not what I'm trying to do to draw you to repentance. But I'm asking God to plant a seed of burden in your life. I'm asking God to say, Lord, I, I, I know I can do more than just coming here on Sunday. I know there's more in me than just a midweek service. I want you, God, to, to be the Lord of my house. I want to talk in closing about this story that grips me today. It's the fact that David, he is so blessed. He's just, he's overwhelmed by, by what God did for him. He's just taken back by his, by his goodness. And he begins to just, I could just see him. I could just see him just walking in his palace. I'm sure he can hear the echo of his footsteps in the grand room of his palace. And he's looking at the pillars. He's looking at the features. And he begins to prick his heart. And he's thinking to myself, God, Look what I look! Look what you've given me! Look at this—the the, the, the expansion of this home that just me and my family live in, and you live in a tent. Oh my God! Uh, there's a, there's something beginning to change in his heart in that moment. And he began to understand. Wow, I don't I don't deserve to be in this place, and you be out there in the dirt and in the dust and in, in the winds of this world. He's just kind of walking back and forth, and it begins to be burdened so much so that he says, "You know what? I'm going to invest everything I've got. I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to build God a temple. I'm going to make sure it's the nicest temple." And we know that story. We know that when God speaks to him, he says, I appreciate your zeal. I appreciate your brokenness, but you can't build it for me. You can't, you, you, unfortunately, you've got too much blood on your hands. You've done too much that it's just not your place. But I will, I will allow, I'll allow your son to build it. But this is what David decides. He doesn't leave brokenhearted. He doesn't go weeping back into that big palace of his where it's echoey. He doesn't do that. He says, if I can't build it, then I will invest in it. I, I may not be able to put lumber on, on lumber and put drive nail into that wood. I may not be able to put brick on brick or the mortar where it needs to go, but I will buy the lumber. I will buy the nails. I will put, make sure that I, I give the gold and I give the silver and I give the, 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 the best of the best of everything I have. It was, I, I've, I've talked about this before, but he ended up giving like several billion dollars. Several billion dollars to the building of that temple. How does that fit us today? It's because I want us to understand in the new dispensation we live in, your home's that temple. This is your temple. You dwell in a temple. 
And there's got to come a time where you have to wake up and open your eyes and look at some of your ceilings and realize it's more, God's given me more than just for me to just turn on the TV and relax and just feed myself at a kitchen. It's, why did he give me extra chairs at a dining room? I don't know. Why did, why did he give me a big backyard? I don't know. Why did he give me that patio space? I don't know. God knows he did it so that you can open your house so that God can move in your home home we have to and I'm, I'm, I hope you're with me and I don't, I'm not asking anyone to come up to me and sign up to be a house to house host today I want you to pray about it I want you to have a discussion with your spouse about it I want you to talk about it what it means because it means giving up some time it means giving up a, a, an evening in your week to say I, I'm, I'm going to open up my home for just let God be God and I, I'm just going to step out of the way and I'm going to trust what he does and I'm going to pray I'm going to pray that God moves moves in my home because here's what we're going to experience because I, I don't know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we're going to have people receive the Holy Ghost in our living rooms <laughs> we're, going to have, we're going to have people break down and, and weep before God in a, in a spiritual threshing floor in our homes we're going to have that, that decision made to say, you know what? I've, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. You, your hands are going to lay, lay on people's foreheads and you're going to pray for them and they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to fill your bathtubs up. <laughs> you're going to baptize somebody in your, ba- in, your, in your bathtub. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be done. <laughs> That's what this is going to become. Because the goal is, we're not going to force God's growth. If, if there's a house in, in Camden that's, that's not taken off, then it's not taken off. But if there's one in Chapin that's taken off, we're going to put more resources to it. We're going to start looking at a place to rent in the area. We're going to start trying to probably buy more chairs. We're going to start putting things together. There's going to be another church put in that area. We're just going to let God add to the church. God add. Not me. Let's all stand. If you could put that picture up there, Brother Stephen. I, I have here in my hand these things right here. They're really simple. There's the same picture back there. You just put when and where. You write in, if you're a, a, a host, you'll write your address and you'll write, you know, when and, and put in that time. And then you'll just hand this to a friend. Hand this to somebody in your life that probably needs God, which is everybody. But I'm not trying to get us to understand that if I if I'm unable to do it that's all right I'm not beating up anybody I hope you don't I hope you don't take it that way I hope you I hope you take today and understand that God's God's asking something of me God's talking to me in a different way because this church it's about I've, I've talked to people before I wanted certain things but it takes time culture takes time and the culture of this church I pray and I know it will take time but it will be a soul winning church it will be a church that's, that's, that's more than just coming here 
It's more than just being faithful to a 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. service and maybe a seven or 6 o'clock service and maybe a, a Friday night youth service. It's more than that. It's about, it's about opening your home to someone, someone you care about, and just seeing what God can do, being kind, not forcing, and again, not forcing a move of God in your house, but being open to God to move in your house. There's a difference. Okay, I don't want nobody just go shaking people around. You know, I want none of that. I want a crazy, out of the blue, just, you know, prophecies being given. That's, that's, not, that's not what we're doing. There'll be time for prophecy. There'll be time for those things. But I, I just, I want, to, I want people to be able to walk by and say, hey, we're now, you're welcome to join. They check us out. They see what we're about. They see that we're not just a, a, a logo and, you know, a couple good smiles. That, But no, we, we, we know who God is. And that God is with us. God is building us. God is growing us. And I'm telling you right now, if you look at, if you read your Bible, there's nowhere in Scripture where the church had convenience. And I'm scared that we live in a day where our churches are very convenient. And we're asking ourselves, is this what you called us to? And I'm telling you, no, it's not. He's called us to be inconvenient with our life. Push, push us into some uncomfortable situations. And it's, it's not for, it's, it's not just to make you just have a rash. But it, but it is, in a way, your flesh to be, oh, I don't like, but your spirit's like, yes, this is what I want. I'm starving for this. I, this is what I've been waiting for you to do. Your miracle, I'd love to give you your miracle, but you've never given me your home. Think about the healings that are waiting. Think about answered prayers that are just there because that God wants to do it. But will, will we will we get those things if we're selective with who we are to Him? Selective with who we give to ourselves to Him. I hope we understand. Let's just all just gather to the front. We're going to close together in unison today. We're going to pray a special prayer today and ask God to... To, to direct us. We're going to ask God to guide us. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm speaking, I'm speaking truth right here that if you've got a family who's got some mismanagement going in your home, you've got some, some things just kind of, just kind of disruptive spiritual things. Let me tell you what, you dedicate your home to God. You open your home to God. Healing's going to come in your family. Healing's going to happen in marriages. Your children are going to see, see what, what it's really about. Man, do you, do you realize what, what we're telling our kids? Do you, do, you, do you understand what we're feeding our children that serving God is only on Sundays and Wednesdays? pray my children have a long memory of that lazy boy noise <laughs> but also the laughter of strangers and neighbors in our home and tears and hugs and prayers of people we didn't know until they just walked in I pray that they're like man 
I grew up in a home that, you know, mom and dad decided to open up their house and let God be God. That's what I want to be. That's the house I want to have. I hope right now, would you go ahead and bow your head with me? I want you right now to just be like soil. Open up yourself right now. Cultivate some things, God. God, remove some things in the way. Remove some hardness, some boulders, some rocks, God, that, that's resistant to this word today, that's resistant to the call and the burden and the commission that you've given us in your word. I pray right now that this word, that this burden, that it begins to seep down into the soil of our hearts, that it begins to germinate and take real root, God. I pray, Lord, begin to water us right now. Let your water fall from heaven. Begin to strengthen us, God. Begin to prepare us, God. Begin to help us, God. Ready our hearts and minds, Lord. Help us realize it's it's real. This this world is passing. This, this time is fleeting, God. Life is but a vapor, God. We don't have much time, but Lord, I've got to reach everybody I know. I've got to reach everybody in my neighborhood. I've got to reach people in my work. I've got to do anything and everything I can, God. Help me, Lord. Help my house, God, be a harvest for you. Help us, God. We dedicate ourselves. Oh, Lord, change the culture in this church. Change the culture in our minds, God. Move in us, God. Let your Holy Ghost direct us. Let your Holy Ghost dictate us. Oh, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Come on church, call out to God. Let burden take a hold of you. Let, oh Lord, let his goodness let that same spirit that, that corrected David, that moved on David to do more with his house. Oh, move on us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, I love you right now. I thank you right now. I worship you right now. God, you are good. God, you are If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 